0: Evening. It's good to see you, alright? right? Good. The world's a bit of a mess, isn't it? It's a bit of a muddle, but you know what? God's good. All the time. Excellent. Anyone feel anxious? I don't know how you could after that worship. You have so many opportunities to kind of go, Oh, Lord. That's good, isn't it? You know, I... I think that the Christian faith is really, really practical. And this evening, I want us to be really practical. Because... You know, sometimes as Christians it's too easy to come across as, like, super holy, we've got everything sorted out, and, you know, we're on some kind of, I don't know, Christian, everything's amazing, when actually we're just people. But this passage and the other passage that I'm going to refer to is so practical that it doesn't need you to fake it. Okay? Let's just do a reality check. Alright? You know, hands up here who is over the age of forty. Alright? No, it's not mean. It is there's a there's a reality. You'll put your hands down, because it's probably quite difficult to hold them up for that long. I know, I'm forty-four. Alright? You know some stuff. Uh that anyone who's younger than 40 might not have got their heads round yet, and it's this, that life's not easy. And that sometimes you can get a bit stressed about it. Now, anyone who's younger than 40, and who lives on Facebook or Snapchat or whatever it might be, has got a self-induced anxiety that is just normal for someone who's over the age of 40. You know, calm down. You don't need to do that. But, I mean, let just reality check about how things are. My life has not been anxiety stress-free. I'm not going to unpack tonight why it's not. I need to be around a little bit longer, otherwise I'll get kicked out. They might think I'm a nutter. Um, all you need to know is that life has not been stress-free. And that sometimes things can get a bit stressful in my own head. Anyone? Is that? There's three of us. That's excellent. <laughs> We're just going to have a little chat in the vestry. The rest of you just carry on worshipping. Um, but Jesus comes and he says, the Advocate's coming, the Holy Spirit, who I'm going to send you in my name, he's going to remind you of all that stuff which Ruth unpacked so beautifully uh, last week. And he says, peace I leave with you is there like a fourth person of the Trinity or is like the is the peace like what happens when the Holy Spirit comes it's not a fourth person of the Trinity this is what happens when the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes peace peace Meg and I have this as a measure when we need to make difficult decisions there was an occasion where, uh, quite a long time ago, I was offered a job and this guy had absolutely hounded me. He was starting this kind of Christian missions organisation and I'd done a little bit of work for him. He was a great guy. We saw them recently actually, caught up with them. And uh, he offered me this job, I think it was five times. And on the fifth time I, uh, I accepted and uh, then went out for dinner and celebrated, got to uh, the coffee peace when. This is how we make decisions. Becoming aware of when we've got God's peace and when we haven't. Do you know what that's like? I love the fact that Jesus says, My peace I leave with you and then he goes straight on to say, Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid because there is a reality that we are troubled and we are afraid. You know, I don't think anyone can look at the you know, the little kind of verbal war that's going on between Putin and um, not Putin. He'd probably get involved in at some point as well. Kim Jong-il and Trump, you know, and not be, you know, slightly agitated by that and unsettled. You know, I, I don't want that to happen. That seems like a bad plan. And I wish they'd stop. Someone needs to just tweet something amazing and they'll all just stop it. But in some senses, just to stay on this verse leaves it in the realm of christian shorthand. And I want to give you something that's more concrete. So in order to do that, um, we're going to look at Philippians. And we're going to look at this slightly annoying writer who wrote so much of the New Testament, who in Philippians 4, I love him and get wound up by him, he, has, he writes this uh, one sentence. Uh, Philippians 4 verse 12. Let me read it to you. I have learnt the secret of being content in any and every situation. Oh, Paul. You know, there's two things about this. One is, I think he actually has learnt the secret. Two, I wish you'd just tell me what it is, please. Please. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether hungry or well-fed, uh, whether in prison, whether I'm being flogged, uh, whatever. You know, Paul, come on, I want to know what the secret is, folks. I think I know what the secret is. This is not this is not as complicated as a Dan Brown novel, okay? All we've got to do is read a little bit of what he said before. So, should we do that? Philippians 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God... the benefit of the tape that was guard our hearts and minds and they knew it, well some of them did so what's the secret maybe it's maybe it's being gentle maybe it's rejoicing maybe it's working really really hard and not being anxious I mean just try it for a moment think of something you're anxious about okay you got something here? and I just for a moment just try really hard not to be anxious about it it gets worse doesn't it why do they put that in there do not be, it makes it worse anyway I think the key I mean we could put out all sorts of, we could pull out the secret as being rejoicing in the Lord always uh, I mean he says it twice so it must be important or, or the gentleness or you know the Lord being near I've, I've spent a long time, a long time in these few verses. And I think that Paul's secret is thanksgiving. Let me see if I can show you why I think thanksgiving was so important to Paul. Romans 8 verse 1. First, I thank my God because of Jesus Christ for all of you. Corinthians is in there somewhere. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 4. I always thank my God because of his grace given to you in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. Praise be to the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, who comforts us in all our troubles. There's one grumpy one here. Wait for it. Galatians—they don't get any thanks at all. No, verse six. I am astonished. (laughs) He gets rid of all. He gets gets out all the greetings, and then I'm astonished. (laughs) You foolish Galatians! You've been so terribly bad. Ephesians. Praise be to God. That was Ephesians one verse three. Philippians one verse three. I thank my God every time I remember you. Colossians one verse three. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we. Are you get the picture. Paul has got this lifestyle of thanksgiving and praise and he does it all the time he's not just taking a model letter writing from the ancient world he's taking a model letter from the ancient world and he's implanting it with the richness of how he actually lives why is it so important Psalm 100 you remember what it says Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with thanksgiving. Come, sorry, worship the Lord, it's my own talk, I'm writing it back in. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pastor. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Folks, this is really simple. You want to enter the presence of God, start giving thanks. You want to enter the presence of God, start giving thanks. You know, uh, Thanksgiving is important in our in our house. I, we're a particular bugbear about it. If if people in our house don't say thank you, that annoys me. You know. It sets a particular tone if there's a meal that's been prepared, you know, mostly by Meg, sometimes by me, um, although I'm, if I'm the one that's cooked it, I then get irritated. If people sit at the table to eat and they don't say thank you, you know, it sets a tone for the meal, doesn't it? It sets a tone of one that is, I'm just going to grab stuff, get my fill and go. But actually, when the kids walk into the room and they go, Meg, Meg cooked this great thing the other day, right? She was just using up some stuff that was left over or something. I don't know what, I don't know how you did it, but she, she turned ordinary chicken into this feast covered in like pastry stuff. Yeah? Kids walked in. They're like, oh, what's that? they were so grateful empty plates We had a great meal yeah someone serves you in a shop and you you know it's it's you know it's their job you know they get paid to do it you don't have to thank them because that's their job but if you choose to just go thank you very much Suddenly, what's happened? The atmosphere between you and that person has changed. When we don't have peace, our eyes are on whatever it is that is stressing us out. Kids. Work. Health. Donald Trump whatever it might be stressing us out our eyes are on that stuff the moment we get into thanksgiving and rejoicing complete the passage the moment we get into that what happens is our eyes get lifted from the stuff onto Jesus because thanksgiving is not you know feeling positive that's the world's version I am going to feel positive and get through my day stress-free. It's going to be fine. Yeah, I can do this. This is kind of self-talk. When we give thanks, this is not self-talk. You are talking to the creator of the entire universe. And the moment we get our eyes on him, he fills us again with his peace. And the peace of God... The Holy Spirit will guard our hearts, our emotions, and our mind. So Paul, what's the secret? I think the secret is really simple, that it's that we're a people that give thanks. Not just to each other, you know, it helps to make the community better, doesn't it? But also to God, constantly giving thanks to God. You know, you go, you go through this week and you kind of go, oh, okay, I've, I've bumped into this thing. What is, what is it that's stressing me out? You know, you don't have to figure out the whole of the thing that's stressing you out to start to give thanks. You don't have to figure out the whole of the thing that's, that's messing with your mind before you actually start to rejoice. And if you don't think you can do this in the most challenging of circumstances, let me give you an example. In the last place that I was in, the, one of the kind of handover points for me when I, I knew that I uh, had left, after I'd handed over the keys actually, I knew that there was this weight kind of coming off from what I'd carry in that place, was when I handed over or rather just put in the bin the little box uh, of sharps disposal stuff that I used to keep in the back of my car for all the heroin needles. And there weren't many of us that would do the tour around the church but there was a few of us that would do the tour around the church and just clear up because it, it was right in the middle of town and it was a mess. And at one point um 2015 we had this A couple that were camping on site. And then a couple of others joined them and it was all a bit of a disaster actually. But at the same time, the council needed to make cuts, they closed the public loose. That meant that the, you know, the churchyard was the next best place. You don't need any more information than that. Got to the point where this was happening regularly. And it, it was causing me some distress. And I felt God challenge me about whether or not I was going to have my eyes on the stuff. Literally. Or if I was going to have my eyes on him. You see, this is not about removing our brains and not doing reality about avoiding what's in front of us. This is about where are our hearts and our minds going to contend to be looking at. And you know, that day I went back in and I cleaned up this stuff, we'll leave it at that. And I cleaned it up and I was worshipping my socks off and I was giving thanks. And you know, it was the best day clearing up poo I've ever had. It was brilliant. And what it unlocked was that actually I then got to go and see this guy regularly who was camping on the churchyard. He was called Terry. Even after he stopped camping on the, on the churchyard, I used to go and find him whenever I could. He was one of the guys that used to deal in the area. I used to go and find him, pray with him if he'd let me. He's usually quite rude. And I'd, I'd pray the gift of leadership over him. I mean, cause this guy, well, you know, he was a leader in his field. <sighs> he was quite good at what he did. Not that good. He's in prison now. I hope one day I get to see him again I hope I get to lead him to Jesus because we didn't get that far but you know it was the moment that my heart turned from oh this is stressing me out to actually I'm going to pray praise and give thanks whatever the circumstance and I'm going to do that and it changed my heart towards God towards receiving the promptings of his Holy Spirit but also to this man that God had compassion for so tonight's not complicated okay? we could have done the kind of CBT version of it but I'll let you work that one out for yourself What I'd love to do is I'd love to just pray. Can we do that? Okay. The end of Psalm 139 talks about, uh, inviting God to come and search us and know our hearts, to test us, to see if there is any anxious thought in us and to lead us in the way that is everlasting. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit just to come and, if he wants to, to come and highlight whatever's anxious for you at the moment. Not for you to dwell on it, but for you to turn your eyes to the King of Kings and to give thanks. might be that you can do that where you are. It might be that you want to come forward and have some of the prayer team to just to lay hands on you as you, as you wait upon the Lord, like the end of Isaiah 40. Will you stand with me and we're going to pray? And let's just pray together to welcome the Holy Spirit just to come and search us. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're welcome here. Come and search our hearts. Lord, not because we want to dwell on stuff, but because We want a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit, the one who brings peace.